0: Welcome to the Z-Ball Podcast, and after a long one-month hiatus, uh, we are back with our first podcast, and boy, has a lot happened in the past month. A bevy of free agent moves, bevy of trades, a lot of stuff going on in the NBA, and uh, joining me uh, needs no further introduction, diehard Houston Rockets fan from Bay Area, California, Syed. What's going on, Syed? Hey,
1: how Bay you?
0: Not much, not much. I uh, just uh, enjoying my summer and uh, enjoying all these free agent moves, all these trades. Uh, definitely a lot to get into. But uh, why don't we start off first with uh, probably the the trade that surprised me the most, and it had, just has, so happens to involve both of our favorite teams. Uh, Chris Paul being traded to the Ro- the Rockets for seven different players, uh, most notably. Patrick Beverly, Sam Decker, Montrez Harrell. So uh, being a Rockets fan, uh, how do you think uh, Chris Paul uh, adds to their chances uh, of being contenders and ultimately challenging Golden State in the West?
1: Uh, <clears throat> I still think they're a long way away from Golden State, but uh, I think in the regular season, it doesn't help a lot. But in the postseason, I think it helps a lot. Because we've seen James Harden in the postseason, the primary ball handler. There's no other options on offense. He's going to turn it over eight to ten times a game. So having Chris Paul be be the the floor general in the playoffs, I think it's going to help out a lot.
0: All right, definitely. And then uh, James Harden, uh, for some reason, it seems like the style he plays kind of seems to go away in the playoffs just because they call stuff tighter. They don't call as many fouls. So uh, going down the stretch, uh, do you think Chris Paul's the primary ball handler uh, in making plays, or do you think it's James Harden? Because both of them are excellent playmakers, as we saw with Harden last year, average 11 assists a game, led the league in assists. So down the stretch, uh, is it a mix of both, or primarily Chris Paul, James Harden? uh, Where do you think they're going to go down the stretch in big games?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think throughout... Game, they're going to switch it up, but I think uh, when it counts, I think this ball is going to be the primary ball handler. But if there's like five seconds to go and they need one shot, I could see them like, just throwing it to game card. But I mean, I-, I think like last five minutes of the game, it's
0: going to be Chris Paul, the end point guard. Okay, and getting into uh, the Chris Paul situation, uh, it seems like he ultimately gets, uh, gets what he wants. I mean, uh, going to Houston uh saving on the, the state income tax and then uh he opts in with the Clippers and then tells them that he's gonna leave either way, so they do a sign and trade. And it seems like he's gonna get his uh long term deal and and the fifth year as well next year after he becomes a free free agent. So uh as far as the rockets go uh what do you think of some of their other signings with pj tucker and re-signing nene i mean they ha- i think they have eight pretty good players a solid eight man rotation uh do you think there's anything else that they do in this offseason, possibly uh trade for carmelo anthony
1: yeah i mean uh, i hope that goes down if, if that happens i think uh i think they'll have they'll have a better team hopefully um yeah, they can pull that off. I, I'm I, I'm surprised that nobody wants to take on Ryan Anderson cuz uh, all over like the news and, and the rumors is like nobody wants Ryan Anderson at 18-19 million a year. It's like everybody's making that amount. So I don't
0: know why nobody wants him. Uh, I think Ryan with Ryan Anderson is kind of the uh, I think the defensive thing, but I mean, he's the perfect kind of uh, stretch four in today's game he shoots shoots very well he shoots very well excuse me he stretches the floor and i mean i don't know what i don't know what exactly what his contract looked like i mean how many years he has left on it that could be possibly the three the years. reason three years left on it so that could be the reason yeah. but yeah. but i mean like you said that's kind of the going rate for uh stretch four space the floor s- shooter type so i don't know i mean maybe it's because he's injury prone a little but he had an excellent season last year. Uh, step uh, being this stretching the floor and then making knocking down three pointers for them. So ultimately, with all the moves that they made, Houston giving up, I think seven total players. Uh, do you think it was too much to give up, or do you would you have made the move either way?
1: Uh, I mean, like four of them were like non guaranteed contract players. Um, losing Sam Decker, not a big deal. Beverly, I think you know he's a solid rotation player. Whether like starting point guard or backup point guard, he's a solid player. But uh, ultimately, Chris Paul. Ultimately, Chris Paul is better than all of them. So uh,
0: you know, I think it's a good good move by Houston. All right, and that, where do you think they finish ultimately in the West uh, next season?
1: Well, uh, we'll get to some of the other moves, but I think they're definitely a top-three team. I think, uh, you know, Aussie Golden State is, is going to be the best team. I think San Antonio and Houston are the next two. And then uh, you'll have a couple other teams that are going to be up there.
0: All right, and then uh, basically on the other end for the Clippers, uh, basically, I mean, is there pretty much window down – they're pretty much uh rebuilding kind of in rebuild mode right without chris paul i mean because i mean that's kind of the the engine that has stirred them the past five six seasons into the 50 win seasons uh the playoff success that they had uh so where where do they go from now i mean basically centering their team around an injury prone blake griffin
1: yeah i mean uh uh I would have hoped that they're rebuilding, but it feels like they're trying to uh, retool or, you know. Um, They threw a ton of money at Danilo Gallinari. Uh, They're still trying to find players, and they signed Blake to the max. Um, I guess in today's NBA, Blake is the max player, but uh, if I were them, I'd look to move uh, like him him or DeAndre. There are rumors that they're trying to move DeAndre, but uh, but yeah, I don't see them as a contender at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're definitely not a contender after losing Chris Paul. I mean, they're kind of a borderline playoff team at, at best, right? But I mean, it's kind of a interesting. I, I think they're going to go. Their starting line is going to be Patrick Beverly, Austin Rivers, Gallinari, Blake when he's healthy, and then DeAndre. So, I mean. That yeah, means they
1: lost. They lost, Crawford, they lost J.J. Redick and Chris Paul too, too. They lost huge chunks
0: of their team. Yeah, I mean, Chris Paul's the main the main one. I mean, he makes he made everything go for them pretty much the past 6 seasons and I think that's going to they're definitely going to feel that loss. And then I mean, Blake, I mean, when he's healthy, he's re- he's very good. I mean, he's becomes a lo- a lot more versatile the past couple seasons. He's become a very good passer, good ball handler he's kind of gone away from the athleticism only game that he had in his first couple seasons. So I I mean I'm very interested to see how they kind of the offense kind of runs around him when he's healthy and when he comes back in December or January because I think they're going to feature him as the primary like ball handler. But I mean in today's NBA it's kind of tough for the Clippers because <laughs> we see that the teams that are uh, doing well have some sort of wing guard creator, and the Clippers. I don't really see anybody on their team that's at the guard pos- or wing position who's a, sort of a creator. Blake Griffin is their best creator, and he's a, a power forward, six ten. So it's v- it'll be very interesting to see how the offense runs through him. But it's kind of tough in today's NBA to have no perimeter creators or playmakers or legit ones at that, that. That at best. But uh, with that being said, uh, we'll move on probably to the second most interesting trade in the, of the offseason, depending. I mean, you can kind of take your pick between these two. Well, I'll go with the Paul George uh, being traded from Indiana to Oklahoma City for DeMontis Sabonis and Victor Oladipo. Uh, what do you make of this trade? And do you ultimately think Paul George stays in Oklahoma City long term?
1: Um, yeah <laughs> you know, I was surprised by the trade by like <laughs> as I think was pretty much everybody. Um I've no idea what's going on with Cleveland, but I guess LeBron deserves that for going back to Van Gilbert. Um uh, LeBron's screwed next year and Cleveland's gonna be even more screwed <clears throat> the year after. But uh and I don't know why Boston didn't offer more they... Jason Tatum looks like a decent guy, so like, trading down doesn't look like it was terrible. But they still had a ton of assets which they could have gotten Paul George for. Um, but hey, hey, Gordon, Hayward the max, and think you're going to get past LeBron? They're not. But that's, that's fine. That's Danny just plans. But you know, Paul George just says that he's all about winning. Um, and if him and Westbrook are able to get, like, the Western Conference Finals, uh, I think he might stay, but ultimately I don't think that they're going to get there, uh, and I think he'll he'll be out there looking for another team.
0: All right, there's kind of been some swirling around that, I mean, he's pretty much a shoo-in to go to L.A., back to his hometown of L.A. next year uh, in the offseason and join the Lakers, I mean... Do you see that as a good move for him as kind of a rebuilding team, young team with the Lakers? Or do you see kind of see it as a a good move? He's the man. I mean, he can kind of build something there and kind of build a contender. What do you think ultimately of him ultimately ending up in the on the Lakers next next offseason?
1: He's not going to go there by himself. But if he can get someone like LeBron, uh, I could see two players like that going there.
0: Okay, I mean what about him and Clay Thompson? I mean, because there's kind of been uh, little little swirlings about that as well. No, you don't see Clay going there?
1: No, and Clay's continuously like made statements like, Oh, so he doesn't care about points or production or or money. He he's all about winning too, so he, he seems happy being like uh being the fifth option on a Golden State Warriors team that's back. And you can see it with him living it up in China in
0: the off season. All right, definitely great points. And ultimately for Oklahoma City, I mean, with the addition of Paul George, uh, giving up Sabonis and Oladipo, I mean, how do you think they stack up in the West? I mean, do you think somewhere between four and between fourth and eighth place, or fourth and sixth place, somewhere around there? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Golden State, clearly the best team, and uh, I still hate Durant. Um, <laughs> and the Spurs and the Rockets are the next two teams. And I think, uh, depending on how the, the young guys develop in Minnesota, I think Minnesota and OKC are going to be fighting for that 4-5 or five spot. And I think those are clearly like the five best teams.
0: Okay, and then you see a big drop-off from there? Or?
1: Huge. Like Memphis, Utah, Portland, uh, they're not in the same league as
0: uh, the top five. Okay, definitely. And then for Oklahoma City, the the Westbrook dynamic, I mean, he kind of got very comfortable last year with taking the the high-usage, high-volume type shots that he, he's he was taking somewhere around 28, 20, 29 shots a game, probably the highest usage rate in NBA history. I mean, how do you think he adjusts to another superstar like Paul George of Paul George's caliber coming in and kind of going back to that uh, Durant-Westbrook dynamic that he had for the first six, seven seasons of his career. How how does he go back to that? I mean, do you think that's ultimately just like a light switch for him or do you think he's going to have trouble with that?
1: I mean, uh, the problem with him and Durant where he was like two separate players playing ISO ball and neither one of them were, like, players who'd move the ball much. Uh, and last year he just played iso ball with himself, and there's no one else to give it to. So I, I think it's going to go back to similar things, to, you know, when it was Westbrook and Durant. It'll be two players who can play iso ball. Uh, and I think given that, George is a pretty good fit. And at least he's, he's a plus defender, too, so he'll be able to fit in there and play well. Uh, he's not like, uh, say, someone like J.J. Redick He, he needs to be, like, set up. So, uh, it's, you know, I think Paul George is a good fit, and it's going to go back to those uh, two primary ball handlers who so are going to play iso ball and OKC.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think it's a good fit overall just because Paul George, he can create shots for himself, and like you said, he's a elite defender in this league. And then I think if they can kind of get something going back with steven adams because i mean he 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 showed that he can be a very great defender in this league as well in that warriors series a, a couple seasons ago in the conference finals uh when they were up 31 to get over golden state and if they could kind of build that front line defense they could be a, be a scary team and definitely be a contender in the western conference so that'll be interesting to see but my main interest with this team is kind of seeing how that dynamic between Westbrook and Paul George, kind of how they share the ball. I mean, who's the go-to guy in the, <laughs> in kind of uh, big pressured moments? Because Paul George seemed to kind of have problem with that in, in Indiana, and in the, when they played Cleveland, he didn't seem too happy about other other players taking big shots. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes with with him and Westbrook. But uh, with that being said, we kind of mentioned Minnesota a bit. They acquired Jimmy Butler on the on draft day for Chris uh, Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, and they swapped the 16th and 7th pick. So do uh, you, you think slam dunk for Minnesota? Because, I mean, they were expected to be a playoff team last season and they kind of fizzled out. So you're expecting them top five this season? Definitely. I
1: think, I think that was a slam dunk trade. Like Zach Levine... He's a nice young player, but um, I, I don't think like he he's ever going to be on the level of Jimmy Butler and Chris Dunn hasn't shown much either. Even though he was uh, you know whatever like the eighth pick overall or whatever, you know he was a lottery pick just a couple years ago. Um, so trading those two for someone who's probably a top ten player in the league. Uh, who's a two-way player, will um, give like a veteran presence to Anthony Towns and uh, Wiggins. Um,
0: I, I think it's a great move. Okay, and then, uh, I mean, who, who ultimately becomes the man on Minnesota now? I mean, is Wiggins? I mean, it's probably going to be Towns for sure, right?
1: Well, I'd expect, like, Jimmy Butler this year, but you want to be able to get to a point where Towns and Wiggins eventually take over. Both of them were the number one overall pick. Uh, Anthony Towns is obviously flashed um, more of the actual like ability, but both of them have potential, I'd say, uh, to be better than Jimmy Butler, who's a top-ten player in the league. So.
0: Okay, and then uh, some of their other signings, like Jeff Teague, uh, and then ultimately uh, I think they got another backup point guard. I forgot who it was. uh How do you think those signings help to kind of bolster their team and make them a contender in the Western Conference?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously it's going to focus on the top three and Jimmy Butler being reunited with uh, his old coach, Tom Thibodeau. Um, But, uh, you know, obviously I think that's a bright young core, and uh, I definitely expect them to be a four or five speed.
0: All right, definitely. And then, uh, I mean, we kind of mentioned Cleveland a bit. Uh, they haven't really done much. Uh, I guess the, probably their biggest signing in the offseason has been re-signing Kyle Corver, signing Jeff Green. Uh, ultimately, do you think uh, Dan Gilbert has already uh, kind of gotten prepared for LeBron to leave next season? I mean, what what do you think ultimately happens uh, with LeBron next season?
1: I think Dan Gilbert's an idiot. Um he has been lowballing his executives since he has been the owner. Um, he's never resigned any of his GMs since he's been the owner. Everyone only like played out their own contract. And uh, David Griffin, who accounts, is one of the better executives in the NBA, and he was getting paid one and a half million dollars a year, where the average salary for a GM is four million. Uh, the guy brought you to three straight finals, and, um, and and he got a title as well. And he didn't want to resign him. Um, and not only that, he, when he started interviewing other candidates, lowballed people. Even though I don't think like Chauncey Phillips was the best candidate, um, he lowballed Chauncey. Like he interviewed Chauncey Phillips several times and lowballed him. It just makes him look dumb. Um, and, and because of that, like I think they would have had a shot at getting uh, Jimmy Butler or uh, Paul George, but they had no GM at the time. They got rid of uh, David Griffin literally days before the draft. Um, so, so good luck, Steven. I mean, LeBron's gone in a year. There's no way he's coming back. Okay, definitely. And, and there's no way, there's, you know, the, the biggest thing was you were expecting Golden State to lose a couple of their players, maybe Livingston and, and Iguodala. But thanks to uh, Durant taking less than what he was supposed to get or what he could have gotten, Golden State re- kept their whole team, pretty much didn't lose anybody, even added Nick Young, uh, even kept uh, David West. Um, so everyone else in the league
0: is screwed. Okay, definitely. Let's kind of get into Golden State. I mean, able to keep uh, Livingston and Iguodala on pretty good deals, and Durant taking less, uh, Curry getting his payday. So I mean, ultimately, should uh, are we just uh, giving Golden State the title right now for next season?
1: I'm I'm giving it to them.
0: Okay, fair enough. I mean, I don't blame you for that. And uh, maybe
1: the, maybe the next two or three.
0: Okay, and kind of uh, when we talked last time, uh, you kind of expressed your displeasure with Kevin Durant. Uh, did his play kind of in the finals kind of uh, impress you in any way, or do you kind of still have the same opinion of him? Do you hate him more? Uh, where are you at with Kevin Durant right now?
1: He'll hate him, and he will never be a top NBA player.
0: <laughs> never be a top NBA player right now, or or. All time, I mean, what
1: better players in the NBA, but not never all time.
0: Okay, so do you he, you don't think he has any shot of kind of uh, reaching the level that LeBron is at at the at the moment right no. now? Never, can't see it. Um,
1: I I wouldn't even compare him to like Clyde Drexler at the moment.
0: Okay, I mean, uh, so I mean, what is it? Just because he kind of went to Golden State or is there anything he can do to get to that point or you just uh are you just gonna be uh I guess bullish on your your, your point that he he joined a team that he lost he was up three one against. Where, where are we at on that?
1: He uh he he joined a team where they had won a championship and they won seventy three games. There it's a team that probably wins a championship without him. So, yeah, he's an integral part of the team, but they're not winning championships because of Kevin Durant. So mm-hmm. to give him credit for any championships in the future, I don't. So just given that, I think he's just like a high-volume scorer. Maybe his legacy is like similar to Allen Iverson.
0: But, I mean, he's high-volume and very efficient. I mean, and I think he's he's definitely, in my opinion, the best player on Golden State. So, I mean, does that count for anything? No. Doesn't count for anything in your book? Nope. Okay. You're not
1: the one winning them championships. You're co-tailing.
0: All right, fair enough. Uh, we'll we'll agree to disagree on that one again, but we won't get too much into that. You're giving si- uh a Golden State the next couple titles, so uh the team that finished right behind Golden State, San Antonio, I think their bit their biggest signing, Rudy Gay. I mean, and they lost Jonathan Simmons, who was a pretty good young player for them. Uh, what do you see ultimately for them? And they're also bringing back Ginobili. Uh, do you see a similar kind of season uh, as as last season? Uh, second place in the West?
1: Yeah, probably. I think they're going to win a bunch of games. But then, uh, unless LaMarcus Aldridge steps it up considerably in the playoffs, um, I think they're going to be out second, third round of the playoffs. I think uh, although the Knicks Look terrible! I think they're they're ingeniously brilliant. Um, you you get uh, the winningest coach ever making your executive and tank the hell out of you know the Golden State Warriors. there. Uh, that's brilliant.
0: Okay, definitely. And I think that, I think we've kind of covered most of the the top of the Western Conference of what it's going to finish like next season. So, I mean, what's kind of one Western Conference team that you think can maybe kind of uh, surprise people and kind of finish somewhere in the top five, top six that people aren't really expecting much from?
1: Um, I think people are expecting Utah be, to be terrible without Gordon Hayward. I think they could still be a playoff team and uh, potentially be just as good as they were last year.
0: Okay, yeah, I mean... They're still going to be very good defensively. They're going to play this similar style, like slow pace, run down the shot clock, uh, control the tempo, half-court offense type, not really much of a run and gun, and they don't turn the ball over very much, so that could be a possibility. But uh, I like a team like uh, Denver, I mean, with two two very skilled and smart players up front with Paul Millsap and Nikola Jokic, and then young guys like Jamal Murray, Emmanuel Moutier. So, I mean, do you kind of see Denver maybe uh, kind of being a 7 or 6 seed? What what do you see for Denver going into next season?
1: Uh, Maybe. I mean, I'm not super high on, um, you know, the guy they signed from the Hawks, Paul Um, Millsap. He's being paid more than Kevin Durant, but... um, it's going to take people like Jamal Murray and their young players to step up big. Uh, Jamal Murray had like a decent season last year. He needs to step it up like three different notches for them to be a playoff
0: team. Okay, fair enough. I, I think that's enough for the Western Conference at the moment. Uh, let's go to the Eastern Conference. And, I mean, the team in the East have probably kind of made the, the biggest splashes... Kind of moves wise was uh Boston obviously signing Gordon Hayward uh, to that to that four year 128 million dollar deal and then drafting Jason Tatum uh, they obviously traded their their first overall pick to Philadelphia and got another pick for that one so ultimately uh what do you see for Boston next season and what do you think of their offseason move so far?
1: Um, I think it was okay. Um, Gordon Hayward's a, a nice player, and uh, I thought it was a mistake trading uh, Mark Holt or, or getting rid of the top pick, but Jason Tatum actually showed a, a, a lot of potential in the summer league. Uh, there's a couple other guys, surprisingly, but um, I think Boston did okay. What they needed to do was get Butler or Paul George, and they didn't get that. Uh, and now you saw just to sign Gordon Hayward, they have to start getting rid of some of their young players uh, or, you know, some of their role players who they were calling assets. Uh, Same thing is going to happen in the next couple years when they have a few more drafted. To be able to sign anybody or keep that roster intact, they're going to start having to drop players like Jay Crowder, Marcus Smart, all these players... um, Without, without anything in
0: return. Yeah, it they seems need, like. If
1: like, Bany Age needs to start cashing in some of those ships for a player like Paul George or, or Jimmy Butler or whoever else is on the market.
0: I definitely. It seems like, I mean, either way, they were going to have to get rid of some of those guard wing guys. I mean, it seems like they were kind of uh, had a lot of those guys like Jay Crowder, Marcus Smart, and they obviously got rid of one of them, trading every badly to Detroit. I mean, I think he's kind of. Been there, the guy they've gone to as far as guarding Kyrie in the past couple seasons. Uh, wh- where do they go now? I mean, uh, is it pretty much Marcus Smart, Jay Crowder, guys that they throw at Kyrie in a in a playoff series uh, next season? What do you I think? Mean,
1: I, I think it's definitely going to be like Marcus Smart, but um, yeah, I mean they had to get rid of Kelly O'Linick for nothing and get rid of Avery Bradley for nothing just to, to sign Gordon Hayward. Um, so is that a huge improvement? No.
0: Uh, I mean what it's a, like, it's an improvement. It's not I think it's not an improvement to beat LeBron LeBron and the Cavs, but
1: Exactly. They they need their number three pick Jalen Brown to do a lot more than like what Sasha Huyuch produced over his career. And they need um they they need Jason Tatum to develop into a superstar. Um you need more than role players to get past um, LeBron. And Boston right now has a bunch of role players. And then next year they're going to have to pay Isaiah Thomas the Max as well. So um, they're headed to this point where they look good now, but they need to make a lot of strategic decisions like immediately. And they haven't done that so far. So to be honest, like I don't think being a agent's done a good job.
0: Okay, fair enough. Uh, uh, what about some other teams in the East? Uh, I mean, do you, is it pretty much just a cakewalk for LeBron to the, back to the finals, or do you see any legitimate competition in the form of Washington, Toronto, anything like that? Maybe Milwaukee gets better with experience. What's your take? Uh, absolute cakewalk.
1: cakewalk. Uh, uh, Washington and Toronto did not improve, but they'll still be good teams, but they'll get smashed by Cleveland in the playoffs. Um, you know, it'll be exciting to see um, Milwaukee to see what Greek Creek can develop into, and I think it, it, it'll be exciting to see what happens in Philadelphia, as hopefully those young players stay healthy.
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems like, uh, like, uh, all their number one picks get injured. I mean, uh, let's kind of get into Philadelphia a bit. Uh, they signed J.J. Redick kind of as a spot-up shooter, and then. Ben Simmons is going to be the forward for them this upcoming season. And then you throw in Markel Fultz and Joel Embiid, who looks like he can't really play much more than 25 minutes a game consistently. So uh, do you see the playoffs in the in their near future, or, or do you think they just missed out? What do you think?
1: You know, the East is, like, so, so different from the West. Uh, if all three of those, if those four players stay healthy, I think they easily make
0: the playoffs in the East. Okay, easily, so like sixth, fifth or sixth seed? What do you, you think, some, somewhere along those lines? Yep, like between fifth and eighth. All right, definitely. Fair enough. Uh, kind of uh, get into some kind of future moves. I mean, most of the free agency stuff, trades has already happened, but obviously the big name out there, Carmelo, he's been linked to Houston Cleveland and Portland. Uh, ultimately, where do you think he ends up, or or do you think he ultimately just stays in New York? I mean, wh- What do you think happens with Carmelo? Do you think he gets bought out? What's your take? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I, th- I think he's either going, I think there's only three options. I mean, he's either going to Cleveland, or he's going to Houston, or he's going to stay in New York. Um, I think he's trying to trying to get to Cleveland or Houston. Um, Cleveland doesn't have a general manager at the moment, uh, so I don't see any movement there. And Houston's been trying to push um, Ryan Anderson for, for Carmelo, and they can't make that happen. So um, I, I think Carmelo might be stuck. Uh,
0: might be stuck. Any chance he gets bought out and then maybe just signs with Cleveland?
1: If Phil Jackson was still there, I, I think that option would have been on the table. But I don't think uh, Stevie Mills or uh, whoever's running this show and the Nick wants to do that. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't think you going to get bought out.
0: Um. Okay, definitely. And then kind of an- another, staying on the, the term of buyout or the topic of buyout, uh, another guy who's probably really been linked to a buyout is Dwayne Wade in Chicago. Uh, do you think he ultimately gets bought out? And he's kind of been linked to go back to Miami, or either sign with Cleveland if he is bought out. Uh, what do you think happens with Dwayne Wade? Do you think he gets bought out? And if so, where do you think he where do you think he signs?
1: Um, well, he he got screwed. He opted into his contract the day before Jimmy Butler got traded, uh, or else I don't think he would have opted in. Um, he could have been a free agent right now. Um, but he he got a little bit screwed. I, I don't think he's going to get bought out either. Uh, the indications from uh, Chicago's uh, executives were that they don't want to do that. Uh, unless Dwayne uh, Wade is willing to give up money, uh, which... That's the reason why he came to Chicago because he wanted the extra three dollars that they paid him compared to Miami. So,
0: okay, definitely. And uh, I mean, speaking of Miami, uh, do you kind of see them as a surprise team? I mean, signing Kelly Olynyk and then uh, bringing back kind of a a full roster. I mean, more healthy roster this season. They finished the season last year. Their last forty-one games, they finished thirty and eleven. Just missed out on the playoffs behind Chicago. Uh, What do you see from Miami this season in the East? Do you think they can ultimately maybe kind of push Cleveland in a series, maybe a second-round series?
1: No. um, I think they'd be lucky to make the playoffs next year uh,
0: in the East. And if they are in the West, uh, lottery bounds for sure. Lucky to make the playoffs? I mean, I think they're going to be a lot healthier this season and – I think, as all indications are, they're a very well-coached team. I mean, you you do you see them finishing below what they finished this season, or where do you see them ultimately?
1: Uh, I think they're around a the 500 team, which is where they ended up, close to where they ended up last year. I think one of your biggest news is that uh, Chris Bosch is coming off your cap. Um, that's probably not the best thing.
0: Okay, definitely. Uh, We'll see what happens with that. But uh, ultimately, your overall opinions. Cakewalk for Cleveland in the East. Uh, Cakewalk for the Warriors to win a couple championships. So, I mean, kind of getting in some other news. Uh, The Summer League just ended yesterday. Lonzo Ball won the Summer League MVP. And a lot of my listeners, a lot of my friends are Laker fans. Uh, So let's kind of get into some Laker talk. Uh, what do you see from this kid Lonzo? I know you didn't really like him initially. Uh, has your opinion changed even a tiny bit or do you still see the same uh, of flaws that you saw in him playing in the tournament? What, what do you think ultimately for him?
1: So, uh, his, his dad's still a joke um, but he's slightly better than what I expected and I'm saying slightly, because I mean, people are jumping on that bag and flagging way too quickly. Like, he's a good passer for sure, but um, his flaws are still there. Uh, he, 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 at least in college, he was hitting at least a percentage of his shots. He was terrible in um, the summer league against um, high school dropouts, um, and he couldn't guard those high school dropouts either. So when he's past guard John Wall, John Wall's going to drop like 50 on him. So he can't guard, um, he can't shoot, but at least he can pass.
0: Yeah, it seems like from what I've seen, he has, he's a great passer. He kind of is like Jason Kidd a little when Jason Kidd was a, in his first couple of seasons in the league. Mm, I would not compare him with Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd
1: was like elite in terms of athleticism. Um, I had trouble getting around like terrible
0: D-leaguers. I mean, Jason can maybe be more athletic and then maybe a better defender, but I I'm saying kind of in terms of passing and kind of the feel for the game, controlling the tempo as a point guard, that's where I'm going with that that comparison. And Jason Kidd also was a bad shooter for the first couple seasons of his career. He did not become a a great shooter kind of until the tail end of his career and Dallas and New Jersey. So from that aspect, that's what I'm making the comparison. And, I mean... Jason Kidd is like one of the best passers ever, and he's great at finishing at the
1: rim, even early in his career. Um, So, yes, he's a good passer. He's one of the best passers ever. Still to be determined, but I'm not going to give that to him yet. And, uh, no, he's not as good as a finisher or an offensive player as Jason Kidd late or early
0: in his career. Yeah, I mean, uh, he still has a lot of development. I mean, basically the biggest thing for him, in my opinion, is being a point guard in today's NBA is shooting the three ball. And he definitely needs to improve from, from there to kind of survive because, I mean, we've kind of seen that if you're a point guard in today's NBA, you can't really shoot. You can't. You're not. You can't really be as effective as you want to be. But I like what I see from him, kind of as a leadership standpoint, and kind of running the offense and controlling the tempo of a game. And I think that's his main yeah. strength. And he's done that. He's done that very well so far.
1: I'm just gonna call Ricky Rubio
0: 2.0. Okay. I mean, but Ricky Rubio. I don't think he plays as good defense as Ricky Rubio. But well, well, the jury's still out. I mean, there's a lot more to be seen of this guy. And I'm. Very interested to see him play. I don't, I'm not a big Laker fan, but I'm really rooting for him. I, I hope he does well. I don't really care much for his dad's comments and stuff, but his dad's really a crazy lunatic. But uh, ultimately, what do you see with his dad? I mean, do you think he kind of backs off, or do you think he's he's still going to go full frontal, ball, ham, go ham even during the season, or do you think he kind of takes a step back and kind of just lets Lonzo... Lonzo's career play out for him. What do you think happens with that?
1: Um, you know, I think, you know, he showed in the summer league and he's made those comments, but I don't think he's going to, at least he's not going to be a presence at the game. So if he was, like, in the stands or next to the coaching staff, yelling and stuff, that would be, like, a complete distraction. But he's still going to go nuts on social media like he has been. He's, like, called out. L M B he's called out. I don't know. He's called out multiple people still on social media. So he, I think he's going to continue to do that. But luckily, like he won't. I don't think he's going to be like a distraction in the building. You know, in LA.
0: Okay, and then the the team that's kind of been built around the Lakers, uh, around Lonzo Ball. They signed Contavious Caldwell Pope. He's probably going to be the starting two, either him or Clarkson. And then they you're going to have Brandon Ingram. Brooke Lopez and Julius Randle. I mean, it's a pretty good young core. I mean, how far are they from actually being in the playoffs? I mean, how many, how many seasons? What do you think?
1: They're one season away from getting LeBron or Paul George and or both of them. Uh, and that's what they need to get to the playoffs. Uh, Brandon Ingram hasn't shown me anything yet. I uh, think so he's still a bit like a bag of potential. Um, Brooke Lopez is what he is, a mediocre ticket center. Uh, Julius Randle, he's shown that he has like the ability to be like, a role player. And, again, Lonzo, um, a.k.a. Ricky Rubio 2.0. Um, <laughs> that's not enough for a playoff team. So Hopefully they'll keep all that cap room they were trying to save. They signed, they signed Caldwell Pope to a one-year deal today so they can keep that cap room in, in a year out
0: okay definitely I, I
1: can see them getting to the playoffs in two years all right as long as they find a bunch of players
0: okay sounds good and then uh kind of uh who are some other rookies that kind of intrigue you going into next season and uh who do you ultimately think wins rookie of the year i, I know you really like josh jackson i mean what do you think what have you did you i don't know if you watched much of him in the summer league and what do you see for him in his rookie season
1: uh, I thought he looked okay. I thought like Tatum looked really good. I thought Martel Fultz, when he was out there, looked really good. Um, Dennis Smith, I thought, Jr., looked pretty good. Uh, so there's a bunch of young players that looked really good, I thought, in the summer league. Uh, Marcanian looked terrible, um, not surprisingly. Um, so, so I think it'll be interesting to see um, this group of players. I think ultimately um, either Tatum or Fultz uh, and I put my money on Fultz, winning the, appals,
0: meaning, uh, the as long as he stays healthy. All right, definitely that's fair. I think it's going to be between uh Ben Simmons and Fultz and Lonzo Ball. I think one of those three will win. And if I had to put my money on it, I'd, I'd go with Ben Simmons just because I think he's the best player out of the three. But yeah, you're right. I Completely forgot he didn't even play at all next last year, so he'll be a rookie. So yeah, I, I
1: think.
0: Simmons, or Foster, or Tatum. Okay, fair enough. Uh, with that being said, uh, kind of getting back into the Lakers, I mean, Brandon Ingram ha- has kind of gained a lot of weight, gained a lot of strength. I mean, do you think that's ultimately the missing thing for him, the, the strength factor or the weight factor, or do you see some other areas of his game that need to develop? I mean, what do you think he ultimately needs to do to kind of get to the level Of where some people were calling him kind of like uh, the next Durant when he was coming out in the draft what do you think he needs to do to get to that level
1: he needs to develop everything because he hasn't shown me anything um has he shown me the ability to take people off the dribble not really has he shown me the ability to take people one on one no has he shown me the ability to hit like a consistent outside jumper not really um so, has he shown the ability to, like, rebound, defend, pass? Not at all, but those are things that no one thought about. No one thought he could do
0: anyway. Uh, so he has a lot of work to do. All right, definitely fair enough. I think we've, uh, touched all the the big topics, all the big trades, all the big signings. So, it should be interesting to see what happens going into the regular season. So, Said, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on, and, uh, Kind of lighten up a little on Durant. I mean, don't don't be so hateful on that on that on that aspect.
1: Right. I, I, I hate him uh, about as much as the rest of the Warriors. So it, it's equal hating on uh, him and Draymond and Seth and Clay and and the rest of the Heat players.
0: I think you knew need to move out of the Bay Area if you hate the Warriors so much. <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Always a pleasure. Until next time, uh, think look forward to having you on again.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Uh, it's kind of a dead period in sports right now, so uh, maybe be on again in three to four weeks. Uh, maybe some more NBA stuff. We'll see what happens. Maybe some basketball or football stuff. Baseball as well, maybe. But until then, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, see you guys next time.